0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com
1: Have you ever had to wait for something that just seemed to take forever to happen. When I was a teenager, I was so desperate to be older. It didn't help, though, that even when I was 14, I looked like I was only 10. And then actually, when I was 18, I still looked like I was about 12. The problem was, well, whatever you're waiting for, whether it's to grow taller or for something to arrive in the post waiting is really really hard isn't it and and waiting on god is especially hard if you've had a promise that you've felt has come from god and you've still not kind of seen it come to pass or you're waiting for an answer to prayer um, and god just doesn't seem to ha- to answer in those times we can begin to question if god is actually real And if he really does love us, we forget that God has got the perfect plan for our lives, even if his his plan is different to ours. Last week, we began a new series about the kingdom of heaven. um, And the Bible tells us that a time is one day coming to the world when there will be no more sickness, no more sadness, no more disappointment, no more sin, no more hurt. No more corrupt leaders. Our broken world and our broken hearts will be made new. Isn't that great news? Mm -hmm. That time is coming. And last week, Tom talked about how John the Baptist, really unusual character, wearing strange clothes and eating odd food, living out in the middle of nowhere, was called by God, even before he was born, to preach to the people of Israel that they should repent Turn away from their sin, for the kingdom of heaven is near. John was preaching to the people of Israel that it was time to turn from their old way of life, the lives that they'd been living, and turn back to God because they were about to see a glimpse of heaven on earth. Well, God's people, the Israelites, had been waiting for hundreds of years for God to come and rescue them. You know, in the Old Testament, there are over 300 prophecies about a future Messiah, a saviour appointed by God to deliver his people from oppression. Here is one from Isaiah chapter 9, and um, which is repeated in Matthew 4, which we're going to be looking at today. In the future, he, God, will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then in verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. It was prophecies like these that were written down 700 years before Jesus was born that meant the Israelites knew that God had promised that one day he would send a rescuer to save them. But they had waited and waited and waited. Let's imagine for a minute that we are the Israelites. Living in the time of Jesus, life was far from easy for them. There was no washing machines or or fridges. There weren't any Xboxes or Netflix. The Israelites also lived in constant fear of the Romans who ruled over Israel at that time. They were not safe and they were not free. They'd been waiting for God the rescuer um, for so long that I expect they began to question Um, If God was actually real and many were certainly living as if he wasn't. But then strange things began to happen. Whispers that God was up to something. Rumors of angels appearing to shepherds and wise men traveling from afar to see a baby that would one day be a king. And then more recently, um, a man who looked and sounded like the old prophet Elijah had been telling everyone to repent and get ready because the rescuer was on his way. The kingdom of heaven was coming near. I can imagine families, you know, like our family, sitting around tables at tea time and and talking about the old prophecies um, or late at night gatherings of people chatting and trying to get their head around what was going on. The world had been such a dark place for so long. Was it possible that God was about to do something amazing? And then today we read this passage from Matthew 4, verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and the region across the Jordan followed him. Jesus enters the story. Not a baby anymore and not just any man. Jesus, the God-man, begins to teach in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news. If we skip back a few verses to 17, it says, Jesus preached the same message as John. To repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. This very ordinary-looking man, Jesus, starts to preach an extraordinary message of hope to a people who have been waiting so long for their rescue. I wonder how we would have reacted If we were the Israelites hearing of this man, Jesus, would we have whispered in excited, hushed voices that God was on the move? I wonder how the good news of Jesus is impacting your life today. We're going to watch a scene from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe now. And I love um, listening in to where the beavers talk about um, Aslan, that Aslan is on the move. Let's watch this.
0: They're attached to the witch's house. You know what I say? There's a few that come through this place. There's a chase. But there is hope, dear. What's hope? Oh, yeah, there's a white right bit more than hope. I smile. Aslan. <laughs> Who's Aslan? <laughs> you cheeky little flyer. <laughs> what? You don't know, do you? Well, you haven't exactly been here very long. Well, he's only the king of the whole wood. The top geezer. The real king of Narnia. He's been away for a long while. But he's just got back. And he's waiting for you near the stone table. Waiting for us. You're blooming joking! They don't even know about the prophecy. Well, then. Look. Aslan's return. Thomas arrest! The secret police! It's all happening because of you! You're blaming us? No! Not blaming? Thanking you! There's a prophecy. When Adam's flesh and Adam's bone. Sits at Care Perivale in throne. The evil time will be over and done. You know, that doesn't really rhyme. Oh, no, i not You're kind of missing the point. It has long been foretold that two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve will defeat the White Witch and restore peace to Narnia. And do you think we're the ones? Well, you better be, because Aslan's already freed out your army. Our army? Mum sent us away so we wouldn't get caught up in a war. I think you've made a mistake. We're not heroes. We're from Finchley. (laughs) Thank you for your hospitality. But we really have to go. You can't just leave. He's right. We have to help Mr. Tominus. It's out of our hands. I'm sorry. But it's time the four of us were getting home.
1: I love the excitement of the beavers, the questions that Peter has, the concern that Susan has, the grumpy, angry face that Edmund has, and the bravery that Lucy has. Isn't that exactly how we and the world respond to the good news about Jesus? I'm sure the Israelites were no different. After all that time of waiting, was this ordinary looking man, Jesus, really the one that they'd been waiting for. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, his message and his life, his death on the cross and his resurrection provoked a response. And it still does. Each one of us is still responding one way or another to the news that the kingdom of heaven is near. Maybe you've been coming to church with friends or family for years but you've still got questions that you need to have answered. Or maybe like Susan, you're thinking that following Jesus sounds like it could be pretty costly and actually you'd rather, you'd rather the world stay as it is. Or maybe the, like Edmund, the idea of someone coming to rescue you, someone else other than yourself being king in your life, actually makes you feel pretty angry. Maybe you've believed in Jesus for a long time, but life's disappointments and struggles have impacted your faith and you seem to have lost your hope and joy somewhere along the way. Or maybe you hear the name of Jesus and your heart sings. And like Lucy, you believe and you're going to walk in faith, in quiet trust, despite the dangers ahead. We all respond to Jesus in one way or another. My question today for all of us is how are you responding to the good news of Jesus? How is the good news of Jesus impacting your life today? I remember when I was 10 years old and even though I'd been brought up going to church every day like every week and I did believe in Jesus I still had loads of questions. I used to worry that I might not be a Christian because of all the questions that I had but the thing is Now I'm a grown-up, I still have loads of questions. And I expect that even when I'm really old, I still will do. But what I do know, though, is that what God has taught me um, in all kinds of ways is that he is trustworthy. So even though I might not have all the answers, I know I can trust him. And so when I'm doubting, I'll tell him and ask him to help me. And the wonderful thing is, he does. So whether you're grumpy like Edmund or nervous like Susan and just have a ton of questions like Peter, tell God. Ask him to show you the truth about him. Ask him to fill your heart with faith where it seems to have somehow dribbled away. So Jesus came preaching the same message of John, to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. But how was Jesus different to John? Maybe he was just another prophet with a message um, about one coming after him. But Jesus is different to John. Jesus doesn't just proclaim the good news. He is being the good news. Jesus is the good news. In John 14, it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. The reason the kingdom of heaven is near is because Jesus has come near. Verse 23 says that Jesus healed every disease and illness amongst the people. And then it goes on to list a whole load of different illnesses. The writer's trying to make the point that Jesus, that nothing is too difficult for Jesus. He's got supernatural power to, to heal every possible sickness. So what does this what does this tell us about Jesus? Does anyone want to shout out, what does this tell us about Jesus? The fact that Jesus was able to heal every kind of sickness. What does it tell us? He's powerful. He is powerful, yeah. He can do it. He can do it. He's got the power to heal. You know, we've got a few doctors and nurses um, and even a paramedic in this church. And and they could tell us a lot about how our bodies work. They could recommend medicine and what to do if we get poorly. But despite their skills, they can't just look at us and heal us. Um, But Jesus could because Jesus was not just a man. He was a God man. He was fully human and fully God. God. And so we had power to heal, not just the heart, but our physical, um, our physical bodies too. What else does it tell us about Jesus?
0: God's
1: son. It, yeah, he's God's son. He's, he's powerful. He can do it. Somebody say, he loves us.
0: Yes! yes.
1: He loves us. Jesus cares about people. He longs for people to know him. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He longs to spend eternity in relationship with us. And he cares about us and he wants us to be well. He hates sickness and sorrow. It's not how the world is meant to be. When Jesus arrives, he begins to touch the world with healing. You know, just like in the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, it's been in winter, hasn't it? And then where Aslan goes, spring begins to happen and, and flowers grow and, and it becomes beautiful. And when Jesus arrived, he began to touch people and individuals and, and th- those around him with his power and with his love and with his healing. We may still live in a world where we do see Uh, sickness and sorrow, but we know that a day is coming um, when it will no longer be and we will live forever with our bodies and our minds and our hearts fully alive and joyfully worshipping him. Maybe when people first heard um, about Jesus and his message, they were a bit cynical or even angry like Edmund. um. But when but then they began to hear about friends and family meeting with Jesus and getting healed. Maybe they began to ask themselves if there, really, if there was more to this man than they'd first thought. We, um, we read that people from all over the surrounding area went out to find him and follow, it, follow him. There was something about this man that drew enormous crowds, even though he was ordinary to look at, even though he wasn't an incredible musician or a sports star, he'd not gone viral on TikTok or YouTube. But his message and his person transformed people's lives and brought in the kingdom of heaven. And today, Jesus continues to change people's lives from the inside out, totally transforming people. All of us who know Jesus have a story to tell or a whole bunch of stories about how believing in Jesus and following him has changed us from the inside out. I think one of the most convincing things that Jesus is real is the impact on those who know him. People who walk closely with Jesus are different as a result. My mum became a Christian because she saw the difference it had made in my dad when he became a Christian. When the Holy Spirit works inside a person's heart, he transforms them. We're going to watch a video now about our very own, very lovely Claire, who was transformed when she encountered Jesus. Let's watch this.
0: I wasn't brought up in a Christian family and had never really been to church. I came to Manchester 11 years ago for uni and quickly fell into the party lifestyle. By second year my life was a complete mess. I was addicted to a range of drugs and I had problems with my mental health which I was trying to fix myself uh, rather than going to a doctor. I was also in a very toxic relationship with someone who sold drugs. Mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually I was in a very dark place. A flatmate and close friend of mine was a Christian and I had no idea but she'd been praying for me for years. Uh, Occasionally she would invite me to church but I'd always say no because I thought I'd burn if I stepped into a church. (laughs) One day after a series of devastating events uh, which led to the breakdown of my relationship, I found myself at rock bottom. Um, I was horrified at the things I'd done and I felt A desperate desperate need for forgiveness and I didn't know where to find it as I was feeling this way my friend invited me to church again and this time I said yes because I had nothing to lose something changed inside me when I went to church for the first time ever I felt peace in my mind I now know that God met with me through the Holy Spirit and after that I never took hard drugs again Um, However, some of the other destructive habits took a bit longer to kick. I particularly really struggled with smoking marijuana, and, and giving that up was a huge thing for me. But God was with me every step of the way, and I remember making a deal with God. And I said, if I wake up tomorrow and I don't feel rough after smoking joint after joint, then I won't smoke again. And the next morning I woke up and I was not rough at all. So I never smoked again. and never smoked marijuana again. Praise God. Um, I've learned uh, so much more about God and his goodness since then. Um, I did now, alpha course. And what struck me the most was how people treated me. These young men genuinely interested in who I was as a person, serving me food and even just eating at a dining table was completely alien to me. I was used to my housemates stealing my food, but God completely transformed my life. There's no other explanation for who I am today compared to who I was. And if you want to ask me any questions about my testimony, please come up to me and I will gladly share because God is so good. And through my story, he gets all the glory.
1: Hmm. Shall we give God a round of applause? Isn't God so good? The good news of Jesus changes hearts and lives. When I left home at 18 and suddenly no one was waking me up for church anymore and no one would know and my family wouldn't know how I was living my life, I remember asking myself, do I really believe the good news about Jesus? Do I really believe Jesus's message that the kingdom of heaven is near? And I remember thinking that if I did, then the truth about Jesus was so significant that it would need to impact my whole life. I'm still praying that I would grow in my love and trust of Jesus. And I'm going to finish by asking you, how are you responding to the message of Jesus? Has it changed your life? Is it it causing you to stop and consider thoughtfully whether you believe Whether we follow Jesus or not is the most important decision anyone can ever make. Before we sing again, I want us to do two things. First of all, put your hand up if you still have a mint. Well done, everybody. Right, now I want you to take it out and show me. Oh, amazing. Some are bigger than others. Jake, that's
0: really
1: good. That is brilliant. Well done. Well done. You are good at waiting. Well done. Now you can eat. Um, Now I want you to, uh, will everyone stand with me? In the quiet now, before um, Mike comes back up. Why not just tell God where you are at? Tell him if you're doubting. Tell him if you're sick and tired of waiting. Tell him if you're cross. Tell him if you're eager for more of him in your life. Ask him to answer your questions